Today on the Spring Hills Podcast, we're going to discuss Pastor Brett's message from week three of hope in uncertain times. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills, and today I'm joined by Caitlin Elliott and Gerilyn Valentine. And I got to tell you, I really loved listening to these two chat. It was so much fun to see and hear the passion that they both have for the Bible and for being the best witness they can to everyone that they come across. It was really great. You're going to love it. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that if you missed the service this past weekend, head on over to the Spring Hills YouTube channel where you can find the service in its entirety with the worship included. Also, that YouTube channel has a ton of awesome stuff for your entire family. The Spring Hills Next Gen team has been working hard to make sure that it's not just the parents that are getting church, but we're also bringing church to the kids as well. So Club 5-6, jam-packed, and also some videos for the preschool and kindergarten kids. They're all on there. Go ahead and check that out, the Spring Hills YouTube channel. Now everyone can enjoy church. It's really great. That team's been working hard, and they're putting out some great content for the kids. All right, let's get to our sermon recap with Gerilyn and Caitlin. All right, welcome Gerilyn and Caitlin. Back to the Spring Hills podcast, Hope in Uncertain Times, week three, sermon recap. Brett wrapped up the series this weekend, so we're going to dig in a little bit to the series as a whole, but we're going to focus on this week mostly. Um, And this week, I really liked how Brett started it. He really started off with saying that the sermons during this time is actually rather simple, the sermon prep. Mm. And he said that it's just basically, we need to know who God is. (laughs) So um, he started, this is really cool. One of my favorite things about this service uh, sermon was his intro because he started and I felt like he was really just intense talking about God's power. He's omnipotent. omnipotent. There's nothing that's impossible with God. He's, his supply is infinite. There's not a possibility <laughs> that he's not aware of. And, you know, just all this stuff. And then it was like he kind of shifted all of a sudden into this, like, uh, kind of like a compassionate tone. And he went into, like, but God is good and he loves mm-hmm. you. And it was, mm-hmm. like, really... I don't know. To me, it was just, it was really cool the way that he went so intense about God's power and his love. And it reminded me of Aslan in Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. because it's, you know, all of the stuff about how, how powerful Aslan is. And they're like, wait, is he safe? And mm-hmm. no, he's not safe, but he's, but he's good. good. You yes. know, that, that's really what it reminded me of. So um, I really liked how he started this, this sermon. And I like the reminder constantly just that we need to hang on to the sovereignty of God. And he really focuses mm-hmm. on the sovereignty of God in this sermon. So um, what are some of your general thoughts? Either one of you can start. doesn't matter to me, but general thoughts maybe about the series as a whole or this sermon. Yeah. One of the things that I really loved about this sermon is just the, the story he told about way back after he had graduated. And oh, you're jumping to the end of the service already. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things. Yes, because it's just like, you know, uh, I think those personal stories mean a lot because, you know, we have what we're going through and, mm-hmm. and uh, to hear that, you know, the, the pastor has these tough times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really helpful. I feel um, like I've said that every week. Like, I really love that Brett's being vulnerable about that. It makes me <laughs> feel a little bit better. And when yes. he's in here, I'm like, thank you for saying that you're also struggling with some of this. Cause I feel guilty sometimes that I'm like, why am I not just trusting that God's got this? Why am I, why am I scared right, right now? Why am I frustrated? Like, no, God's got this. Right. Sorry, I keep interrupting. This is my wife, by the way, Caitlin, and I'm interrupting her. um, (laughs) So this is very comfortable, just like home. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I really liked uh, that he was saying, you know, just 
how many jobs he was working and what are mm-hmm. God's plans for my life and how is this going to work out? And I think we just uh, cheap change God sometimes with thinking that his uh, plans for us are, you know, t- about what we think for ourselves. And um, I just am glad that his plans for me are way better than my own plans for myself. Mm, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, I used to comfort myself with the idea that Jesus started and finished like his impactful ministry on earth, like from 30 to 33 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be, like, I'd be like, I'm good. It's okay. I have lots of time to like make an impact on the world. And then now I'm 31. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> I have to like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got my hand on the fader with Jared's mic right now because she is worked up. But yes, I think that it's so cool to hear Brett, you know, another person that I just really look up to. And I, I think that sometimes we can glamorize the the impact that pastors make. So sometimes I'm hesitant to sort of elevate that. And right. I think Brett is does a really good job of also elevating other impacts that sometimes get overlooked. But the power of somebody who I have seen just makes such an impact for the gospel here in this place where I feel called to continue making an impact for the gospel, to hear him talk about a time where he was like, you know, God's basically forgotten about me and he doesn't, you know, care about what I bring to the table. And that was just really, really cool. Right, right. Exactly. It was cool to hear, you know, just, I want to go back to that Brett in that restaurant and sit down at the table and be like, dude, just wait, like, just wait. I want to show him like a video of, (laughs) you know, a weekend service that where people are actually in the room. Or simply (laughs) just say like, Hey, 10,000 people watch your Easter service right. in 2020. Right. You know, like exactly. something like that. And yeah. it's just like. And uh, it's obviously, again, it's not, it's not like it's his, his impact alone, but the fact that he got to be a part of God's plan, God's plan in the future. And we need to comfort ourselves in the same way. And that whenever we feel sort of like God doesn't really feel like I add value to this situation that he wants to make an impact for. Well, and I love that during that season that Brett was in at that time, what he was explaining in a sermon, it, there was something productive that God was doing in his heart during that time. It got him to a place of God, I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your Holy spirit to guide me in all of this because without you, I am nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. I might have something from scripture that I'm reading that I'm seeing, but you're going to have to make this live and breathe and work in my life. And so good. Um, so it's those, those dark moments or those moments where everything just looks like nothing is even working or happening for you that I think God is actually doing a really beautiful work in people's lives. Yeah. So true. And he, so, so, so I mean, kind of jumping into that um, again, I have just written here, just going off what you guys are saying. I did want to mention this though, uh, cause I forgot to, when I was talking about this was, I love the mention of, uh, of the Matthew six, when Jesus says, God cares about the birds and how much more value you have than birds. Mm. And the way that I was saying, Brett kind of moved into this more compassionate, like, don't forget that God is good and he loves you and he cares about you. And, uh, it just love that he reminded us with that. Like if God cares about every bird that falls to the ground, imagine Mm. just how much more value you have. Um, and I really liked that he mentioned that too. So, uh, in Philippians one, that's where Brett started us off in his, uh, in his scripture. So Philippians one, uh, Paul's in jail in Rome, um, awaiting trial before Emperor Nero. Actually, you know what? Uh, sometimes I think there might be somebody that doesn't know the story of Paul. So um, kind of knowing where he started and stuff, would either of you be interested in sharing maybe a little bit about just like 
summarizing Paul's story from Saul to Paul. Sure. Sorry to throw that on you, but maybe somebody's asking. Let's team it. Let's team it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. So Saul of Tarsus. Right. He was um, persecuting the church. This is in the book of Acts, by the way, if you want to go Acts chapter eight or so. He was a devout Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin. And and the term Pharisee there, like basically he was the best of the best of God's people. Like people, it was a huge honor to reach that level as a religious leader, because basically people were saying that the value bring as a, you bring as a spiritual religious leader is more important than what you could be doing as, you know, whatever else. So it was kind of like people who fell short of becoming a religious leader could sometimes feel really sad. Like now we very much would say like vocational pastors are not in any way superior to every single person who's trying to further God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. But like in their culture, which was broken, you know, the the religious leaders were thought of as like a very much a cut above all Mm -hmm. the other people type of thing. Right. And so um, in that righteousness that he had as being a Pharisee, he um, used everything that he saw in the Bible incorrectly to Mm -hmm. persecute a new sect of Jews, the Christians. Mm -hmm. And so on his, um, after Stephen was stoned in his, in his own witness as he was deputized to, to go and do that. Um, he was on his way to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him and basically to go imprison more yeah. Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. After that? Well, yeah. yeah. And, and Stephen, just for context there too, was like a religious person who had become a Christian that everyone really, you know, new brand new Christians looked up to. So the fact that Saul, uh, was there and Saul was a huge part of the fact that he was killed for what he believed. Um, it just he, Saul became kind of a poster child for someone to be terrified of if you were a Christian, and it just made absolutely no sense that Saul, who Jesus comes and says, "Why are you persecuting me?" like identifies himself with the church, and then to see like the one eighty that Saul does when he becomes Paul. So he gets a new name, a new identity because God changed his life so mm-hmm. dramatically. And that's one of the biggest apologetics for the Christian faith is the fact that there's no way to explain that complete one eighty transformation right. apart from something real had to be going right. on. Right. And there's you know? no earned effort towards it. Cause it's mm-hmm. like if if Saul was literally killing Christians, there's not like, well, this is, this is who gets to become Christians, those who are already doing good. It's like Jesus just demonstrates that you were sinning, you are a sinner, you know, it's all me. Yes. When yeah. he took the passion that Paul had, or Saul had, and flipped it, and mm-hmm. now, I mean, Paul is such a passionate person for the gospel, as we see over and over and over in the New Testament. And right. that's always something I love to see, too, is like God, God can take something that was being used for evil and use it to spread the gospel in, um, I mean, such a crazy way, um, the way that we see Paul, especially here in Philippians when he's in in jail. I really like that God, it would have made way more sense to me to make Paul like a missionary to Jewish people because he was a Jewish leader. And so it's like he had a lot of clout to probably help Jewish people understand who Jesus was and what needed to happen. And that to me would have been a really strategic move <laughs> on God's part, but that is not what God did. Mm-hmm. God specifically called 
Paul, a Jewish leader, to go to the Gentiles. So basically anybody who wasn't Jewish, they were called a Gentile. And he said, I want you to take this gospel, this truth of what happened and what I've done and what I've promised out into the entire world, like get it out. And that to me is another thing of God being like, I play with my strategic game, not yours. You know, Mm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then Paul, so he was blinded from the light on the road to Damascus. And then um, God or Jesus comes to Ananias, right? And says, uh, you're going to go find this guy, Saul, (laughs) and you're going to touch him and heal his, his eyesight. So he can see again, and that's basically where we uh, we find Saul take a, a turn. Um, am I accurate on that? I'm pretty sure that's... I'm trying to think. Ananias and Sapphira are names that are ringing a bell for something, a different story. Yes, but it's... Uh, here, I'm in, I'm in the, the passage here. Um, I do yeah, think he comes the, to Judas's house. This can I think a flagged. cool significance of that, too, is so many of the Christians who took care of Paul while he was blind <laughs> right. were literally really, really afraid that Paul was faking it oh, yeah, so that right. in a moment yeah. he could spin on them and kill them all, which yeah. is just like yeah, yeah, yeah. the faith that it would take to respond to God saying, I want you to go take care of this person who will likely kill you and you yeah. just have to trust me. Right. It's like, wow. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, go to the house of Judas. Um, he's t- saying to Ananias and Ananias answered, I've heard many reports that this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call your name. So Ananias is even like, wait, what? You, ah! want, me to, you want me to go help this dude? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a pretty amazing story. So that's, uh, that's kind of an insight to where we're at here. Now, Paul is now in, uh, in jail because he was, he was falsely accused of bringing a non-Jew into the temple. So he defended himself, uh, took him, the people that were accusing him took him to the Roman authorities. Uh, he realized that he might die for the false accusation, so he appealed to Caesar. Um, so for two years, he's been sitting in prison, awaiting his trial. Paul says, mm. you may be worried about me waiting here in prison, awaiting this trial, but I want you to know that God has allowed me to be here. Mm. And then Brett really, throughout his message here, digs into um, just digs into what Paul's saying right here. Is mm-hmm. that... Uh, the. <laughs> And he kind of gets vulnerable again, thinking that when all this shelter in place started, that he was thinking, man, the authorities are trying to stop the gospel the same way mm-hmm. he's talking about Paul being, uh, making sure that he's telling people, no, 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 God's working here. The authorities yeah, yeah. have not won yeah. and silenced the gospel. The gospel's being spread. So um, I love that. I love that verse. Paul's a great reminder in these ways. So no matter, especially like kind of convicting, like, man, whatever I'm going through, like this <laughs> dude, this dude went through it. So um you know, Brett talks about every four to six hours that Paul has a different imperial guard chained to him, mm. and he just preached the love of Jesus to him. I love um, that so, so much. yeah, that's so cool. But yeah, I mean, let's just let's kind of stop there for a second and talk about this in uh, in Philippians. So, um, just the idea that Paul's saying, "You may be worried about me waiting here in prison, but God's allowed me to be here." I loved. I think the whole highlight of. Brett's message for me was when he said that Paul was in prison, but he didn't let the prison wasn't in Paul. Like Paul didn't let oh, the yeah. prison get into yeah. him and sort of like, yes, we, it is mandated that we shelter in place right now, but don't shelter in place in your heart. Right. And that was so powerful for me to realize like we are as Christians very invincible in different realms of our life where no matter what is happening on happening in our external circumstances, we have freedom 
and it sounds cheesy to be like, well, I'm free in my heart, but it's like, <laughs> no, there's really huge significance to the spiritual reality that we are permanently free, like right. forever. Right. Yeah. And we can exercise that freedom in order to continually continue furthering the gospel. Right. And it's like, if I was Paul, I would totally take the prison time as a time to like refuel, quote unquote, yeah. like yeah. sit back and be like, okay, God, clearly you, you have taken, working. but he just kept working for the kingdom of God. And I don't think he knew that the letters he was writing if they were, were going to be anywhere. a way bigger impact than yeah. anything he did in his lifetime. Like every letter that he wrote now has impacted centuries and generations of people for the kingdom of God. And he had no idea that during a time when he could have just sat back and like took a nap, you know, yeah. which I hope he did take multiple naps. That seems really <laughs> good. Multiple naps. Multiple naps. <laughs> Sherilyn likes naps. <laughs> yes. Naps, plural. <laughs> Multiples. Yes. Paul sitting there in prison and like just putting myself in that situation of being like, yeah, I, I'm, I am going to take a nap and I'm not trying to make a joke out of that. I really would just be like, man, I'm depressed that this is where I ended up. Like, is this mm. really what your plan was for me, God? And the fact mm. that he just took the opportunity to start preaching the gospel to these guards and to continue to write these letters to let everybody know, like, the authorities didn't win here. God's right. working. And it's going to, like, looking at what Brett was saying here, too, is like the authorities are not going to stop the gospel from spreading. There's nothing that's going to stop the gospel from spreading. And I was even talking to Caitlin about this the other night because it's like God's going to use whatever whatever is here to spread the gospel. And here we are using the Internet mm -hmm. to reach millions and millions and millions of people for Christ in a time where we kind of feel like, I mean, us as, as definitely those of us that are in ministry, to an extent have probably, a lot of us have had the fear of like, man, we're just going to end up not being able to to do our ministry anymore. And it right. kind of, you know, it kind of gets scary for a minute. And then you go, oh, wait a second. I should be remembering who I'm doing this ministry for and what he's <laughs> capable of. Because right, this right. is not going to be me doing this. Moses did not free the the slaves from Egypt. God freed him. He just let Moses be a part of that. Right. Yeah. Like it's kind of one of those situations. But yeah. Uh I love just that truth that uh Brett said God knows every possibility. Mm -hmm. And that's been really standing out to me lately where I've been so frustrated with stress. That is the result of something that I think is inefficient. So like I have patience with being stressed about my dad being sick and patience with being stressed about, you know, even my job or, or like family things that are going on that I really want to press into or relationships that have conflict. I want to press into that. So I have patience for all of that stress, but then stress like, technology not working or, you know, me being delayed Amen. for whatever, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> whatever silly reason, like lately has been pushing me over the edge, like in a very irrational way. And I've been having to preach to my heart the fact that God knows every possibility and God is sovereign. He is all powerful. So the fact that he allowed <laughs> that inefficient setback to happen means that it is happening not necessarily that we have to hyper spiritualize that like my bluetooth not connecting in sure, my car sure. is supposed to teach me yeah. a huge lesson about god but it's like but it can he, it can mm -hmm. and he's clearly doing things and he knows what he's doing and like i can like navigate that stress but getting as frustrated as i'm getting to me is indicating that i don't have 
the reality in mind that God knows every possibility. And this is the possibility that he ushered into my reality. So I'm like, it would have been so easy for Paul in prison to feel like this was a really inefficient use of his (laughs) energy and effort and time and realizing like God's definition of efficiency is so different from ours. And thank goodness, because clearly what he did with the time when Paul was in prison is incredible. And then also, I don't think that efficiency is like number one on God's like priority docket docket either. So I'm just trying to learn from that. It's really hard for me right now because I just feel like I'm on edge. I think a lot of people feel on edge, but. And it's like really the, what is on our, what's our asset is the Holy Spirit in those times to continue to be at peace and filled with love and joy and all of those things. And, um, I think those times just kind of push that a little bit, you know, we're not acting in our own sufficiency, but our sufficiency is from God. You know, you look at Paul and his shipwrecks and his snake bites and all these things. And it's like in those moments, he was acting out of the, the strength and the power of the Holy spirit that, that, um, that the Holy spirit provides. So, I mean, if you think about Jesus, like, one of the instances that just came to my mind was when he had first, you know, he was in the temple and he reads the passage from Isaiah and he says, in your hearing, this passage is fulfilled, you know, mm. that, um, and they were so angry at him because he, they just, he just said, but you're not going to accept this. You know, mm, you're going to be right. like the, uh, the prophets of old. And, Oof. you know, they tried to rush him off a cliff. Right. And like in that moment, if there was, you know, there wasn't any flesh to be angry, you know, but mm. like if that was me. <laughs> I would have been so angry that the Israelites were going to reject me. Like, right, like, right. you know, just like in that moment, be like, oh my gosh, like you did this to all of the other prophets and you're going to do it to me too. And you're going to put me on a cross and all this stuff. And that's what this says. And it's like, he didn't, I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> but like, it's just, he let God be sovereign. And I mean, like it was something that God had planned before and, he just went on. It's like, okay, God protected me from that moment. And this wasn't my time to be rushed off a cliff and die. And, <laughs> you know, because God's in control and he's going to deliver me to his plan. Totally. So That's in the good. same way, he'll deliver us to our plans that he has for us. Right. I love that. He, uh, Brett had kind of moved on also now to uh, Philippians 1.14, where he starts talking about Paul saying, not only, not only am I preaching, but now others are preaching more boldly. And Brett, Um, kind of tied this into like people are now they're inviting their friends to watch church services. And then Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. He said like, and not just our church, but all the churches in Santa Rosa and not just all the churches in Santa Rosa, but all the churches in California and not just all the churches in California, you know, and he kind of moved on through the size of this. And you're just kind of like, oh man. Yeah. Like I, this is, I, I focused, I mean, I said a minute ago, like talking to, to Brett back when, before his ministry started and saying like, Hey, in 2020, you're going to have an Easter service stream online and there's going to be 10,000 people that see it right? And, and that kind of thing. And it's like, I look at that and I go, man, I'm really kind of focusing just on like the numbers that we've seen at Spring Hills and being encouraged by the fact that God's working through what Spring Hills is being able to do right now. Right. And then I go, and we're just one church body, one church staff, uh, one piece of God's church as a right. whole. And like, this is happening all over the world. So millions of people, I mean, if we're seeing the numbers of people that are accepting Christ the way they are. And I I keep forgetting this number, and I, I have people remind me of what it was all the time, but Craig Rochelle had talked about the number that they saw on Easter Sunday just through their one, um, the church online uh, platform that they have, that it was it was in the like 60s or 70,000s. 
of people that accepted Christ that Sunday through just their platform. Hmm. And it's just like, man, that's just, that's incredible to see that that's a number just for one Sunday. We've been doing Hmm. this for, um, I mean, six weeks now. And then there's churches that are going to now be able to reach more people as a result of having to adjust to this, which I think is really cool also because there's people going like, hey, we're going to have to figure out now how to stream stuff online. Right. And how to reach more people on Facebook and Instagram and and all these different places. And I think it's just opened up more avenues for, I mean, it's just going to be one of those things that we're going to look back and just be like, hey, remember when we didn't even realize that we could stream online right. and we didn't have that technology? <laughs> and now we can literally call whoever we want throughout the entire world and be like, hey, uh, we're going to stream our service pretty soon. You should watch it with me. You know, like just right. the, the, uh, the, I don't know, the resources that we have now are just like, are crazy. So um, yeah, I think a few years from now, we're just going to, everybody's going to be like, man, that was such a shift where all of us realized we could be doing this and reaching more and more people. And it's cool to look at that too. uh, look forward at us looking back. You know what I mean? I thought another really cool thing kind of off of that is just the fact that people who are doing a job that's not necessarily getting a paycheck, quote unquote, from the church, like right. people who are, I don't like this secular spiritual distinction but anyways so people like a lawyer Mm -hmm. that is working for a firm not necessarily anything tied to anything that you could put a cross on like just working for a secular firm like when they do their job really really well it honors god involuntarily right so they are they are honoring god just by doing their job well and i think it's really cool that we've also given our church family and just the global church in general like a more natural way of broadcasting the fact that they're a Christian. So in, in addition to the fact of I'm an incredible lawyer or even I'm an incredible painter, you know, like I paint buildings and everyone talks about how I kill the game. And if you want to get somebody to paint your building, you get this person to paint your Mm -hmm. building. And it's like all of a sudden, in addition to this person being a good painter, it's like, Oh, a lot of people know that they're a good Christian painter. And that inevitably honors and glorifies God in a way that I'm really, really excited about. Right. That was something that I wanted to give us a chance to sort of interact with because I know, I know from many conversations with Brett that he would never suggest that like any of these careers that he listed kind of like when he was discouraged are like inferior or not as Less not than. like are like people aren't really doing things for the kingdom of God if they're just painters, you know, type of thing. I know that's not his heart at all, but how can somebody you know, like when I was working as a real estate assistant, like how can I think of myself as being a part of the really cool things that God is doing right now in his sovereign will (laughs) when I'm sheltered at place at home, you know, and I'm not able to show up and volunteer in the band and be a part of the YouTube videos that thousands are watching. And, you know, like what can I do in the midst of what God is doing during this time at home? Like, do I witness to my, you know, jail person who's chained to me type of thing? (laughs) Like what's the equivalent of that for people who aren't on staff at a church right now? How can we encourage these people is my question. That's a great question. Well, I think as a business owner, like that's something that I've (laughs) really (laughs) wrestled with myself because I I do have a desire to like be in ministry. And that's like, well, everyone's in ministry. He's a Christian. So like, um, how as a photographer can I be ministering to people? And I think God uses your name and your yes. association with that name and keeping your name, you know, with integrity. And, um, you know, when you do post, you know, I love that Facebook's got your name there and then you post something else that's like, 
and this is what I represent. You know, here's church and here's um, all these other things. And this is tied into my name. You know, it's like, this is what Jesus's name means. And this is what God's name means. And so I just think as a business owner, you have that business name and you serve people within the sphere that you serve and you do it under, you know, as Christians, we're under the name of Christ. So I just think it's all tied in together. Yeah. I have uh, my mentor, um, you know, from the time I was 17, 18 years old or so, he's one of the people that I respect the most in the world. And um, I've told him this over and over and over because I've sat at lunches with him and breakfast and, um, and listened to him tell stories. He was the mayor of our town for, uh, I think it was 18 years. And he basically just over and over would have people trying to find dirt on him. And they couldn't really, they couldn't find anything on him because he lived a life of integrity and he's an awesome Christian guy. I still, I mean, I I don't get to talk to him as much anymore just because I don't live in the same town. But like I told him many times just how having somebody in my life live with such integrity Mm -hmm. and seeing like, man, the pressure that you were under too. I mean, we're not from a tiny little town. Like it's still, you know, it's 80,000 people or whatever. It's not like a it's not like six or 7,000 people. So he, he had a lot of, he had a lot of eyes on him mm-hmm. and he's a business owner. Um, he's cause he's a, an optometrist. So he owns his own practice and, and like, there's just all these, these ways that I'm pretty sure people probably tried to dig in to find this dirt on him or his family or whatever. And it was just like over and over, it seemed like, man, everybody just, everybody just respected him because he mm. lived a life of integrity. And mm. you're kind of saying that with your business, Caitlin, just being wanting to live with integrity because you know what you actually represent is not just your photography business, but you're representing Christ right, in everything right. that you do. And as, you know, as an athlete, um, that was always preached to me too from, from coaches being like, you're not just representing, you know, yourself, you're representing the team you're playing for. And, you know, right. I went to a Christian school. So it was like, you've got the name Christian on your Jersey. <laughs> so you are representing Christ in the way that you play basketball, you know, things like that. Um, and it's just a good reminder to be, yeah. You look like you have I, a thought. I do. I do look like I'm going to add something because, th- you know, that pressure to be perfect in that. And right. I just want to add in a too, little yeah. little bit there of how I've navigated that because it's like you, you can't be perfect, but what you can do is apologize. Well, yeah, you mm. can handle your mistakes with right. integrity. Exactly. So, I mean, there have been times where I've apologized to my clients after there was something that I didn't even realize that I had done. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to address this. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to apologize for this. I'm going to cover for my, you know, grievance here in a way that's going to build back towards the relationship because the relationship is the most important thing with my client. Right. So um, I think that, you know, (laughs) you can't be perfect, but you can't apologize. Right. Right. Yeah. I was, I was really inspired. Somebody was explaining to me, like, think about if a photographer was to go out and take a picture of the Grand Canyon. And like then go home and Photoshop across into somewhere in the picture of the Grand Canyon. It's like, would we say that objectively all of a sudden that picture is better because we Photoshopped like across onto it? And I think the takeaway is that there's so many things that glorify and honor God all on their own without it having to be necessarily stamped with like, I think, I just think that some people, when you ask them in their um, business that's not related to a church, like what are you doing to spread the gospel in the front lines in your ministry when you're out there in the world? And they'll be like, oh, well, I lead a Bible study at lunch or I, you know, I pray for my colleagues and stuff like that. And they feel like it has to be something tied to explicitly sharing the gospel or 
explicitly, you know, exposing people to God's word. But I think it's really powerful for us to realize that when we do work of any kind, well, like the Grand Canyon all on its own (laughs) glorifies and honors God so well that that is, there's so much power behind that. Like I even think of I have some really close friends and relationships of people that are working in essential services right now in jobs that are not glamorous at all. And it's like the ways that, like you were saying, the ways that they navigate taking those jobs seriously, that will stand out to an employer so quick because it's so easy to be like, this is stupid and this doesn't really matter. But your employer is like, well, I need it to be done well. So please do it well. And like the, the way that that honors and glorifies God is really cool. It's like what yeah. Brett, he mentioned a few weeks ago when he became a Christian, his dad noticed because he was cutting the lawn better. Yes. Mowing the lawn better. <laughs> so cool. And like it's that it's that sounds silly, but like it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, right. he's he's taking serious his job. It's because the, I don't even I'm, I'm going to have a hard time explaining this, but like it's the same thing that if I'm playing, if I'm playing basketball, I want to, I want to do the best that I can at whatever it is. And it's not just the skills necessarily, but being a teammate and, yeah, and a coach yeah. and whatever it is. And I am far from perfect in any of these areas. And, but at the same time, I played basketball with a team of guys for, you know, six or seven years after, after college. And most of them were not Christians. Most of them had never even gone to church. And there was a relationship that I built with these guys that I still, I find very valuable because I Mm -hmm. have friends that are not, that will, they would never listen to this podcast, Mm -hmm. but because I say, Hey man, check this podcast out. They might, or Hey, check out the service that, that I get to sing and lead worship in and they might watch it now. And it's people that would just be like, no, 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 no. It's church. I'm not going to go there. And it's just kind of like, man, if, if I look back and they go, he, t- you know, he's taking this serious and he's taking this serious and working hard at it and being, um, being dedicated, being good teammate, encouraging us. And then it's like, it's all that building into this relationship where now here I am, you know, seven, eight, nine years later. And these people are more willing to, Hey, check this, this online service out. This is kind of so cool, cool. You know, like our church is doing this. Look what our church is doing. It's awesome. And it totally reminds me of like, God will exalt you in due time. And it's mm-hmm. like, just keep plugging away honoring God in that quiet place of, you know, no one's seeing you, your right hand's not telling your left hand what it's doing. And then in due time, God will exalt you. And it mm-hmm. also reminds me of the other verse. It's like, um, you know, show me or speak my name in front of others. And I'll speak my name in front of my, of your name in front of the father. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you deny me in front of others, I'll deny you also in front of the father. So it's like mm-hmm. when people are exalted, do you, they do have that opportunity to, uh, to point the praise, you know, people right. do yeah. want to know. Give credit. Yeah, do- right, right, right. right. So, I mean, good. there's that opportunity that you're finally like, it might not have been the Bible study every single day with my coworkers or whatever Which you're trying to awesome. look for. Yes, yeah, yes. but, you know, you will have that opportunity to, to ex- exalt God yeah. and praise him for what he's done. Right. Brett kind of ended off, um, maybe this wasn't quite the end, but it was kind of, uh, you know, I think we even had a picture posted online that had this quote from him and it just said, the good news of Jesus Christ is going out like never before. It's emboldening people to invite friends. And he's mentioned this over and over throughout um, the shelter in place sermons is that, could it be that the gospel is going to reach more people than ever before? Right. And um, then he says that, you know, Paul says that in the sovereignty of God, there are no accidents. And I have over and over just blamed, you know, effects of everything that's going on right now on the world, you know, like that kind of thing. And it's just like, 
it's I can't believe that I keep doing this to myself, getting so <laughs> just frustrated at everything when it's just kind of like, man, stop doing that. Like it's kind of like the it's kind of like the disciples in the in kinda the boat. Kind of saying when, who's showing power? Like whose power is this really? Right, right, right. Mm. You're gonna blame it on who's like that blame. It's like yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. And this the same power, power, the same power that that rose Christ from the dead is the one that's working right now in yes. all of this. And like mm. and looking through looking through my own. I it I kind of I can see it as like a uh, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of graphs and charts and stuff right now going <laughs> around right and I can see my attitude kind of as a uh, as a graph or as a chart <laughs> and I can see where it's like times where it's like let's put this this line over here is you know this is how much Garrett trusts God and then this mm. is how much Garrett's uh, really focused on um you know the terribleness that is this world right now <laughs> and then in the middle is like and this is how much he's freaking out. And so like, and if you, if you look through my last four or five weeks of this, it's just like a roller coaster. It's up mm. and down. It's all over the place. Mm. And I feel like the disciples in the boat when the storm hit, just being yeah. like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And then Jesus wakes up and he's just like, kind of like, where's your faith? Like, yeah. what do you, I'm here. This is fine. And, uh, in the most Garrett way possible, Jesus stands up and s- says to the storm, chill. And then it just <laughs> stops. In and it's just kind of like, I can just picture myself being on that boat, being the person that's just right. like, well, we're dead. This right. isn't going to work. Sorry. Right. This is, we're going down. And then Jesus standing up and calming the seas. And then me just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed that I reacted that way. Like I get that way all the time right now. Like I'm embarrassed that I'm reacting this way because I know that God is going to work through all this for amazing things. And we've already seen it. That's the thing. It's totally. not like we're waiting to see it. It's already happening. Uh, over and over. So I have a question for you guys with that. I've been, uh, I've sometimes struggled with, uh, I had some, I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, be careful not to have feelings about your feelings. Cause it's almost never productive. I think, <laughs> like, I think Brett's next series, he's going to be talking about feelings, is right? He really? I think I he is. I love that. I hope so. I need that. Cause I feel I like I should confirm that before posting this, but yeah, <laughs> I love it. We, I have been wrestling with this fact that like I was saying like I get really frustrated with these like insignificant stressors versus like the big stressors in my life but then I usually will in normal circumstances resort to like beating myself for feeling up for feeling frustrated when I know I should feel the peace that is readily accessible to me but I'm like too ticked off to even really want it you know in the (laughs) in the moment like no God's like help me help my rage yeah help me help you (laughs) but I guess my question for us is if if it's not the right call to have feelings about our feelings because it makes sense to me that the people in the boat that are like so stressed and then all of a sudden like oh no I'm not supposed to feel stressed because I'm supposed to to trust God and now they're beating themselves up and Jesus like that doesn't fix it either yeah. like, just stop <laughs> chill waves chill disciples chill waves, chill disciples. <laughs> but chill disciples emotions everybody calm down everybody but what do we what do we do so i'm frustrated because i'm not feeling the peace that i know is readily available to me that i honestly don't really want because i'm so frustrated and like i don't want to resort to self-condemnation and beating myself up and feeling about my feelings guilt and sadness so like what do i do <laughs> is right. my question well, and I think um, part of that I'm, that I'm tying all together here is that um, the faith, our faith, the disciples' faith was in the storm. They mm, had faith yeah. that the storm was going to do something huh. to them, and that's why they were afraid. And so I, I think you back to that wow, passage that you're saying is that when Jesus calmed the storm, that they were actually terrified at that point. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they're like, oh, 
now we see who we need to have faith in. Wow. Because yeah. Jesus is greater than this, greater than nature, greater than the storm. He created this. Like, and so now sure. we have we have come to terms with our misplaced faith. And so like when I am um, maybe just it could be the same thing when you have faith in yourself and mm. when you're going up and down and then let's say having feelings about your feelings, it's like, well, now you're, you know, you're waves crashing on waves because you're um, yourself that you have faith in is mm. now just, you know, in a turmoil, you know, it's like mm. it's spinning and now you're spinning even more because you're like the thing that I need to have steady is not steady. So it's like mm. when you, you get your eyes off of yourself and how you're handling something. And um, I don't know if the right word would be like your righteousness or whatever it is there that's going on in your heart. And then like you put it on to Jesus and his finished work for you and his his power that he has available to you. It's like, mm. that's where that peace comes in. Cause you, you go to that same place, you know, going back to Bob's, was that where Brett was? Yeah, Bob's, Bob's big, boys. big boys. Okay. Yeah. Going back to that where you're just like, I, I see myself clearly now. Mm. Um, and now I need to see you clearly. Mm. And so just to keep yourself at that place of, you know, he's going to make this, he's going to do whatever he wants with the storm. Cause he, you know, right. purposefully had the disciples go into that storm right. to reveal to them where their faith was placed. Like there was intentionality there with the storm. I just love how much he utilized that. He's like, we're just going to go back to the boat and go back to the storm. Cause he, he used it so many different times. There was it's another really storm, true. another storm. True. And then or one Peter walking on water. Is yeah. The one that I'm like, man, wow. <laughs> I, I love that. Like yeah. the passage of the feeding of the 5,000 yes. and they didn't understand the miracle. And he's like, I'm going to go pray. You guys get on that boat. Yeah. right now like yeah, yeah that's <laughs> back good. to the storm you guys like yeah. you know here we go <laughs> let's go have you hang out with what you have put right. your faith in and now i'm gonna show you that i can walk on water and yeah. that you can too like yeah. you know oh i goodness, love peter wow. he just jumps out oh, yeah i love peter how how excited he is to jump out there but i feel like peter because it's like yeah i'm in and then it's like oh wait i took my <laughs> i took my eyes off of it and then i fall through the water you know like that's i, I can relate to that but caitlin um i think that was a good spot to end on because that was great Thank Thank you for, yeah, for digging into that and sharing that. Thank you again to Gerilyn and Caitlin for joining me. Don't forget, you can join us online for the weekend services. Every weekend, we have services on Saturday night at 5.30 and Sunday morning at 8.15, 9.30, and 11.15. And what's really cool about streaming the services live is that the staff, Spring Hills team, we're all online with you so you can interact with us. You can ask for prayer. It's just really cool. It's a great interaction. We still get to worship together and encourage you and pray for you. It's great. So don't miss out on that. You can check out springhills.org or download the free Spring Hills app to find out more information on when and where you can stream those services. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time.